0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Mindshare Radio Podcast. My name is Kevin Whelan and today I want to talk about the five major challenges with doing execution work in your your consulting practice. And I talk to a lot of people and either people are doing, they're either working full-time jobs and then doing some kind of freelance work on the side or they're freelancing full-time or they're running an agency or they're consulting and there's some degree of execution work going on and there's nothing wrong with execution work. You can do execution work and have a really great business, especially if you scale your agency. But if you don't scale into a full on agency, it can get really complex in terms of, you know, you either have to increase your hourly rates and then at some point you run out of time in the day and it becomes really hard to to scale. But for the purpose of this, Podcast. I'm gonna talk about consulting and execution work at the same time. Uh, fractional CMO businesses are pretty popular these days. And a lot of that times that means you're sort of leading and managing as though you were a part-time employee. And uh, that's kind of inherent to part of the challenge as well because eventually you will be sort of treated as a part-time employee and that's not, uh, that's not what you want. And it doesn't create an environment that allows you to scale and allow you to increase your, re- your revenue. Uh, and it also kind of limits you in terms of how many people you can work with and therefore creates key client risks and all kinds of stuff we'll get into. So today we're gonna to talk about the five major things. The five things are one, lack of time. Two, you become basically a subordinate, like I mentioned. Three, uh, you know, alignment of interest and alignment of, um, of incentives is something that, that I wanna talk about a little bit. Uh, number four, we're gonna talk about the burdens of doing execution work, especially as a fractional CMO or, or a managed advisor. Um, and then number five is scalability, which I kind of touched on. So I'll get into those fives and we'll get into the nuances in this episode. Number one is, is time. So when you're too busy working, uh, doing execution work for your clients, you quickly run out of time. You don't have time to learn new skills. You barely have time to get your workspace and your life your business life organized. Uh, you don't have time to market yourself. Uh, you don't have time to build assets. You're always too busy executing. And what I find about execution is it's sort of like a gas uh, in a room and it'll sort of fill to the the extent of the time that you have, like Parkinson's law, the task will take, um, will extend to the time that you've allotted for it. And that's the nature of execution work, especially when, yeah, especially when you're doing kind of a fixed fee, ex, uh, execution managed advisory fractional CMO style work. Um, ultimately it's never going to be enough. And we're going to get into that in this episode, but yeah, the number one thing you're going to feel is the time crunch. <clears throat> there's not going to be time for doing anything. And you're always going to be kind of, there's going to be competing interest for your time. And that's, that's gonna create a, all kinds of downstream effects as well. So number one is a lack of time to work on your business, to grow your business, and to build assets, and and even to think, and even to have sort of breathing room within your day. That's a, another big one as well, and I think that's important for your your mental health as well as uh, being able to do great work. Number two is subordination, and what I mean by that is, you sort of get treated like, like an employee or a subordinate. You become an order taker or a task manager of, of sorts, and it's really easy for people your clients in particular to delegate tasks to you it's really hard for you to then execute them so it's easy for them to say let's do this let's do this let's do this but you know it's going to take a long time they don't always know how long things take so now you're kind of competing with them in terms of well we have a fixed fee and like i can't work all the time for you because i've got other clients and i'm not an agency i'm a managed advisor or a fractional cmo Uh, and it's up to you to manage what kind of execution work you're going to do in fairness not all fractional CMOs and not all managed service providers and managed, managed advisory work, as I call it. Uh, not all those folks do a lot, like all the execution, but usually there's a high amount of it, a high degree of it. And ultimately you're responsible for the quality assurance. You're responsible for all the details and the details is what takes all the time. So um, it becomes easy to delegate to you. And there's a not, never ending stream of ideas that your client's going to want to delegate to you, but your ability to handle that and, and to run with it is going to be limited. And that's, it goes back to the issue of time. So what ends up happening is you end up getting stuck in all the weeds. What color should this be? What font choice should this be? What size should this be? Uh, What You know, giving feedback to people and what should it say on that brochure and how should this website work? And you end up kind of having to think about everything from scratch as opposed to when you delegate some of these things to people you trust, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, you can kind of hand off. A large, large chunks of execution and detail work to others, which frees up your time. And uh, if you're a pure advisor, then you're really kind of living in details only in fits and spurts. You have other people that are doing the details work and that's gonna free up more of your time and energy, which we're gonna talk about as well. So uh, one, it's easy to delegate and hard to execute. Um, number two is you end up getting stuck in the weeds and everything becomes very detailed and time intensive, uh, which some people like that and other people find that that's, that kind of drains them of their energy. I'm more of the mindset when I'm managing tons of projects and I'm very in the weeds. Um, it actually takes a little bit of my energy. Whereas when I'm at a higher level, when I'm doing advisory work, when I'm when I'm teaching, when I'm talking to people, that's when I get most of my energy. So I just try to harness that. And I try to focus on that as much as I can in my business, but I am still details aware. I just don't like to live in there all day long. So it kind of comes down to your personal preference and style as well. Uh, number four is, uh, number three rather, is clients are always gonna demand more from you. So like, where does it end? If you're on a fixed fee and you're getting paid five or 10,000, $15,000 a month, as I said before, clients are just gonna keep dumping and dumping and dumping until you can no longer handle it. And that's gonna be a problem. The other thing that happens is uh, they give you tasks and you're responsible for doing them, but then not everything is in your area of expertise, which means now you're doing work that's not your core competency, but it's kind of part of your scope. So now you're sort of in this weird place of, well, I shouldn't really delegate it because it's kind of my job, but I'm not the best at it. So now you're doing work that you're not great at and all, all these things, You know, then the client judges you on the work that they do see. And they assume that the stuff that they don't see is also to that level of standard. Whereas you might be a great strategist and a great analytical thinker, but not great at design. But if you do try to do the design, the client's gonna then think about you and say, well, all of his work is probably, or her work is probably that sort of, that level of quality. Is that what I'm not seeing? Is that what I'm expecting from them? And it kind of penalizes you for doing execution work that you shouldn't really be doing. Uh, It's a different skill to manage and lead than it is to um, to actually execute, so it's okay to do a little bit of your core strength stuff and to help kind of create proof of concepts and drafts with your clients. But it's uh, it's a whole different story when you start executing on a wide spectrum of of tasks and responsibilities. And then what happens is when they start to see quality of work kind of diminish. Number five is they start to micromanage you and your work, and they say, "Well, we talked about this idea. Whatever happened to that idea?" And they start to say, like, because they throw they keep throwing more and more at you onto your plate like you would an employee and if you're not careful and you don't manage that and push back on things next thing you know they're gonna be like hey what about that idea we had why is this still happening why aren't we doing this thing and now you have to explain to them that there's only so many hours in the day that you can't do everything that they want to do and they're hiring you on a fractional and a part-time basis so uh, that's just a concern that you're gonna have is is managing expectations if you're doing any kind of execution around what you're gonna do, how much you're gonna do. And then you get into this idea of like hours and time and deliverables and uh then they measure and they look at worksheets and how long did this take and you don't want that micromanagement. That's really not fun at all. Um and then what ends up happening at the end of that is they kind of, when you're doing execution work, they sort of see you as a set of hands and not a head. So they start really valuing valuing your opinion at a strategic level because they see you as okay. You're good at social media. You're good at content, uh, but they start to not your your expertise becomes sort of invisible. Especially after you've worked with the client for a while, um, they kind of see you as uh, sort of a a set of hands to do work, and then they kind of don't always pay attention or 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 uh, Value ultimately your, your ideas and your expertise and your thinking. And that's, that's where you add the most value. It's not in doing the thing cause that can be trained, that can be documented, that can be systemized, that can be designed once and used in variations over and over again. Um, but that's, that's a, you know, so the execution work is the lowest value stuff you do, but it ends up being the, the biggest, the bulk of the work you do, especially once you've created an ideal version of something that clients can riff off of and recreate from you know with the strategy built in like an email newsletter strategy and with a template and some concepts that they can plug and play the best pieces for for them so they stop valuing your time and that's that's not good so that's that's subordination we've talked about time we've talked about subordination where you become basically an employee or or an order taker Uh, number three is alignment and this is where this is where I'm always kind of where my head is at I naturally went when working with clients, I wanted to be basically for a fixed fee. I wanted to be basically a fiduciary advisor. I wanted to be like their advocate, their champion, treat them like I would, you know, advising my mom when she ran an e-commerce store and saying, here's my best advice. Here's what I recommend we do. And, um, ultimately if you don't want that advice, like, okay, but this is my best thinking and here are the people and tools and, and systems I'd recommend you use. Uh, and, and ultimately that's it. So if they don't like the people you hire, we can replace them. If the people you hire don't work well, we can find new people. If uh, you're not getting the results you want, we can, we're agnostic about who does what and how we do it as opposed, and you're basically as a strategist, as an advisor, you get to kind of jump in and out and pick the right things for them uh, based on how the results are unfolding. It also allows you um, to be kind of, you're not incentivized to kind of bury poor quality work under the rug. You basically say, look, this isn't working out. We need to find a new X. We need to do things a different way. And I suggest we pivot and you can bring in someone else to do execution work, uh, which is gonna be a big part of what you do. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but um, you wanna be able to have really great people that you can trust and rely on to, to delegate the execution work too. Uh, so that, 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 doesn't become a really big issue, but you want to be in the place where you're saying this isn't working. Here's what the data is showing us. Here's how timelines are affected. Here's how our budgets are affected. Um, let's change on the strategy, uh, without having to kind of wholesale replace an agency or replace you if you're doing all the things. And that's kind of one of the risks of running an agency is if you're a full service agency and they don't like one or two of your services, Sometimes it just means they replace you with some other agency who then also has weaknesses and rather than bringing in specialists to do great work. So part of alignment is you're neutral, you act in their best interest you bring in specialists at their craft and you do you find the right people at the right price at the right time so sometimes i'll bring in expensive designers to do the brand and then i'll do i'll work with inexpensive designers later to to do the execution work of ongoing things like brochures and little graphics and that sort of thing and so i've got people at different price points for things like ads for graphic design for web development i've got someone that's cheap and someone that's expensive and depends on how much high touch and how much experience they want. Some of it's local, some of it's overseas. Uh, So it depends on kind of what kind of relationship they want to have with these execution partners. Um, But having having a roster really, really helps so that you can be agnostic about who you use. You can even use the client's existing suppliers and just work with them. And hopefully that gets results. Although my experience, uh, some of the people that they my clients tend to be working with before they work with me tend not to be up to par. And that's the other benefit is once you work with people you know they eventually come up to your level of standard or they elevate your level of standard and then you have a system that that you know is really rock solid you don't have to re-explain and reinvent the wheel and it allows you to spend less time assessing their work and more time just knowing that it's good and looking at it and it being to spec especially with things like ads and seo and other technical development that kind of thing so they kind of follow your playbook and that really saves you a lot of time as well Um, and that's an efficiency that happens over time so um going back to this idea of alignment you want to be neutral about how you know how you do certain things and who you work with um, you want to be always thinking about their best interest and aligned with their best interest um, you, you don't want to be incentivized to hide poor quality work you want to you want to uncover things hold everyone accountable including the people you brought on holding yourself accountable as well uh, that's going to really help um, and the other thing is that you know your clients are not experts at assessing the quality of work, the work that they're getting. So if you're paid to execute and paid to give advice, now they have to say, well, okay, I know you did this thing, but I can't tell if this is good or bad. This, I don't know how, how good this SEO strategies are poor. So you're telling me this is good because you, I paid you to create it, but now I have to sort of believe you and trust you. Whereas you're kind of like an arbiter as an advisor. You're sort of in between the client and the supplier or the partner. And you're able to say, Hey, this is good. This is not good. Let's change this. Let's tweak this rather than them being like, I either have to take you at face value or I have to really scrutinize and critique this and wonder whether, whether your advice is good. So it kind of gives two levels of expertise with every kind of, Piece of work that's being done. There's yours as the advisor who's incentivized to work with them and get results and stay with your clients over the longer period of time. Uh, and they have the the specialist who's who does this all the time and is very good at the craft. And then as long as you two agree, you're, you should be in pretty good shape. And as long as you're a good advisor, you'll know kind of how to assess the quality of these skills. I always attribute it to, you know, if I was a if I was renovating my house every month. And I had to hire painters and and uh, and get new doors and, and new floors and all, all the other pieces and bathrooms and whatever. I would have no idea who I'm hiring. I would no, have no idea whether a bathroom should cost 10,000, 15, 20, 30, 50, a kitchen. Like, do we rip things out? Do we keep things the way they are? Do we resurface things? I would have no idea on how to do that. And um, that's the challenge. You know, they're not they, they're not able to assess the, the quality of the work you're doing. So it's better to be neutral and say, and give really a transparent and honest perspective, uh, with your clients because you're agnostic about who does it and how it gets done as long as it gets done well and to your standards. Um, and then part of it as well is that, you know, if you're selling execution work now there's, you know, um, there's sort of an incentive to, to kind of like, well, what do you do if you don't know how to do something well, do you outsource it? And, or, or like technically that's part of your scope of work. And then it kind of creates this additional cost syndrome where it's like, well, now we have to do this with someone else because we've reached the limits of my skills, but my fee is still fixed. And so you run into kind of a lot of these sort of issues when you're at the edge of your skills with certain marketing tactics and channels. Um, you know, Because at the end of the day, no marketer is an expert at everything. And uh, why not delegate as much or all of it if possible? So that's, that's all about alignment. We've talked about time, which is not having enough time to where you become basically an order taker. And three is alignment where you're kind of not fully aligned with the incentives of your client. You're not as biased and neutral and agnostic about how you do things. And ultimately you want to be a champion. You want to be looking after their best interest. Even if, if work quality isn't great, if this is a person you brought on, you want to at least be able to be honest with that because at the end of the day, it allows that trust to be maintained um, and that's that's crucial for everybody. It's good for the, the partners you work with, the suppliers as well as for for you. Um, if everyone has that trusting environment where we can all hold each other accountable, the client can relax the client can can trust things and can look at things and, and you're really there to educate them and coach them which helps the supplier because they need to be educated or they need to educate the client on here's how SEO works, here's how these technical things work and they sometimes need to hear it from different perspectives so that they know, they understand it and they can trust it. So a lot of your job is to educate the client on how to buy things, how to manage, measure things, how to manage things, what to expect from things and that sort of stuff. Um, so that's alignment. And then number four is is the burden, the burden of execution. Now, again, I love building websites. I love doing little graphic designs. I love writing copy. I love playing with social media. I love in, uh, diving through analytics. I love a lot of what I do. Um but doing it for multiple clients is burdensome. For one, it creates a lot of stress and tension between you and your client. So, you know, because there's never enough hours in the day and they, there's never, they're ne- it's like, you know, uh, um, insatiable appetite of your client to do more and all these, and execute on all these ideas, but you're still part-time, which means you're always against deadlines. You're always trying to squeeze more and it becomes unrealistic to do all the things that the client wants to do. Because after all, remember, you're a part-time employer, you're supposed to be a part-time Contractor, and you're supposed to be basically a, a consultant, and you're kind of now in this quasi kind of middle world. So it creates a lot of stress, and you're responsible always to be moving the ball forward, to be pushing things along, to be leading the charge, to be proactive, to be constantly moving projects forward. Because without you, the project grinds to a halt. And when you're an advisor, it's up to the client ultimately to be the one that's, I call it the engine. So I'm the steering wheel as an advisor. If I'm also the engine, it consumes a lot of energy, a lot of gas, and uh, if you put that job on the internal team of your clients, then they basically you work as fast as they're able to drive projects forward, to follow up with things, to check in on things, to give suppliers, that partners, the things that they need to do their jobs well, to ultimately manage the projects. And yeah, that's a it's a much less stressful place for you to be in knowing that, okay, at the end of your call, unless there's a takeaway for you to, to, to do and there's, there's no deliverables in an advisory retainer, at least very few. Uh, the way I look at deliverables is if there's a case where I have to make some kind of deliverable, I turn it into a training or a, t- a document or a template and that becomes an asset t- that I can use with future clients. So I use that as an opportunity to create assets and perfect examples of things. Um, but it's not expected that I'll do deliverables outside of the odd, you know, administrative kind of following up with things, checking out things, helping them with little things. Uh, for example, one client wanted to know how to input all the numbers from Google Analytics into the KPI sheet that I have. So I'm gonna record myself doing that, which will become a, a training for them, but it'll also become a training that I can use for other clients and show them, here's how you fill out the KPI document. Here's where you go for each different KPI. So that's an example of turning a deliverable into an asset. And usually I ask for permission from the client if their name appears anywhere. Um, but just something to consider. So um, the last part of underburdened is number three is actually there's two. One is when you're doing execution work for multiple clients, you're going to take on more than you can handle because it looks like a nice sum of money, but then all those clients are going to be competing for your attention. You're responsible for moving all those projects forward and that can create a, two things. One is burnout and that's a very common thing that people get burned out trying to be all things to all people. And it's really hard to say no and it's really hard to, To manage expectations, because things, everything takes longer and is more difficult to accomplish. And then different clients have different standards. And then you still have to get results, and you don't have time to think, and you don't have time to build, you know, these tools and assets and up your skills, like we talked about before. Uh, So uh, what ends up happening is you kind of you get burned out, and you run out of time. Because if you're not working, you're not making money, and then your clients are always there's always things that need to be pushed forward and moved along, uh, that require a lot of your mental energy as well. And that brings us to the last part of the burden section, which is creating that scatterbrain sort of feeling. And when you're working on too many projects, too many clients, and you're responsible for juggling all these balls or spinning plates, depending on what analogy you want to use, it ends up really giving you the scatterbrain sort of syndrome where you feel like a little all over the place, you drop balls, you you you, pay, you stop, uh, you, you have a lower attention to detail, you um, you have less energy to do all the things you run out of energy for the days over, but you forget things. And that's the other one is if you have too many things in your brain, you're forgetting things. You have to be extremely diligent and organized and that's not everyone's strong suit. If it's your strong suit, then you might be better suited for more of a managed advisory thing. If you can create create systems, processes, documents, templates, and, and have limits on what you're willing to, um, do execution wise way are not and that way you can contain it you, you know you maybe you'll manage projects and you'll advise on it but you won't do any execution work and that really helps kind of constrain the amount of time and energy you're putting on things so that just means you have to have a good follow-up game and uh, a good project management system and and good people to actually delegate the work to so that's the burden so far we've talked about having no time for all the things we talked about no time to learn new skills get organized market yourself uh, we've talked about subordination, you've basically become an employee and, and that's an insatiable, that the insatiable appetite of your client is, is, is very real. And therefore there's always more and more, uh, pressure to do more things, which is not possible. Number three is alignment. So you're not always aligned with your clients. You're not agnostic, not neutral, uh, not as unbiased as you would be if you were just an advisor. Um, number four is burden. We talked about the stress and the tension that come with it with your with your clients in relationship. Uh, it also creates that scatterbrain feeling, and it also can burn you out. And then number five is around scalability. And when you're when you're doing execution work as a fractional CMO or an advisor doing managed advisory stuff it's very hard to continue expanding because scope creep kicks in, you end up doing more and more tasks that you promised or not with clients. Um, And what ends up happening is you end up working with maybe two or three, three if you're lucky, anchor clients and maybe some other kind of piecemeal work that you pick up on the side. And even after two clients, you're going to be more or less exhausted. All those problems are going to kick in, which means when the client's not a good fit, when there is a high level of stress and tension, it can be really hard to fire them because they represent 50 or more percent of your revenue. And um, and clients will stay with you as well longer because you kind of become this linchpin and you're sort of incentivized not to have things organized that you can hand off to your clients, which actually is a point that I didn't include, which is, you know, you want to make yourself redundant uh, if you can for your clients in an advisory situation um, because that's acting in their best interest as a fiduciary. Whereas if you're doing all the execution work, you can get fired any day. If you haven't created the systems and organizational structure to help them continue, then you become the key, key employee risk for them. So not only do you become super important to them, they become super important to you. And then you have this, dysfunctional relationship, uh, where neither feels like they can escape or at least want to have the effort of escaping today. So it becomes really hard to attract that next new client and it becomes really hard to leave that current client, which all goes back to that alignment. You want to have, you want to be aligned with their interests, which means giving them all the keys to the kingdom, not owning anything and having them, uh, be the ones to, um, to own everything so that you can get, as I always say, you can get hit by the lottery tomorrow and if you did, they would be able to continue on because all your systems would be documented and all the tools and passwords and accounts would be under their own name, and not yours. Uh, and, you know that kind of thinking can be applied to your execution work, but it typically because you're so busy, it's the last on your list is to be super organized and make sure everything's in their name and it's a whole thing. so so it comes basically it becomes really hard to scale. You have two or three clients uh, you can't manage you can't market yourself because you're so busy with them. Nobody's happy because you're, not, you're never doing enough for them. you're so in the weeds. Uh, things get stressful results take time and sometimes they're not happening fast enough uh, or and or they're seeing the quality of work and judging you for it and that kind of stuff so it ends up becoming an issue where they uh, don't have where they don't have as much faith in you as they would otherwise Uh, and ultimately that's about it you know um, there's those are the five big risks time subordination alignment burden and scalability and uh, in the next one, in a, in a future podcast, I'm going to talk about solutions to that. Uh, this one's already going on pretty long, so I want to kind of leave it right there. So if you're feeling any of this stuff and you want help getting out of the executional hell and into more of an advisory stuff, uh, advisory work or advisory and education, training, that kind of stuff, uh, let me know. Hit, hit reply in the comments. If you want help with that, uh, I work with clients one-on-one as well as in a small group setting and there's Mindshare Pro as well for a hundred bucks a month which is a, a steal which has all my templates and training and stuff in there as well. So um, take a look at that. Let me know if you need any help with that. And, uh, if this resonated, let me know in the comments. I'd love to know, or if you felt a different thing that I didn't talk about, I'd love to hear it. Okay. That's it. Bye for now.